welcome back to Ahead of the Curve, the Scoliosis Experience. This is episode 11, and I'm covering part two from last week's topic, Can a Scoliosis Rib Hump Be Reduced? I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teed. Welcome back. I am also known as the Scoliotherapist. I'm really happy that you're here and listening and learning more about your curve. And um, if you're listening for a loved one, you're really doing them a lot of good by trying to understand what they're going through. Um, If you are someone that's listening for a loved one, I highly recommend that you share these episodes with them so that they can be empowered and be able to um, take accountability and control of their treatment and of their scoliosis, because the more that they know about their condition, the more that they're able to advocate for themselves and um, just really get a sense of confidence in what they should and should not be doing to help their scoliosis. Um, so last week we covered how the rib hump got to be there in the first place. And if you listen last week, you know that I like to call it a rib prominence instead of a rib hump. So just so that you know, I'm going to be calling it a rib prominence or a prominence. We talked about how it got to be there in the first place. And we also talked about a few lifestyle modifications that you can make that can reduce the strain on your prominence and also reduce the appearance of your prominence. So it becomes less noticeable to you and, um, Likely, I mean, if you feel like other people notice it, it might also be less noticeable to them. If you missed last week's episode, I highly recommend listening to that first uh, because you might not understand what we're talking about today. Uh, That will be linked in the show notes. So make sure that you take a look there and um, listen to that first. Today, I'm going to discuss three exercise techniques that um, are clinically proven to help reduce that rib prominence. The three techniques are, number one is elongation. I'm actually not going to share all of them with you all at the same time. So the first one we're going to talk about today is elongation. If you listen to this podcast from the very beginning, If you are one of my clients, um, one of my newsletter readers, you've definitely heard me talk about elongation a lot because it is the most important element of scoliosis-specific exercise and um, also for your scolio corrections. Elongating does 80% of the correcting that you need to do. not only creates space for the corrections to feel more comfortable in your body, but it also does a lot of the correcting for you. So if you're just sitting and hanging out in your curves, and I I suggest you just kind of watch yourself in the mirror doing that, probably from the side and from the side where you have your primary prominence. 
or your primary convexity. So the side that likes to push out. Take a peek at yourself as you're sitting and hanging out in your curve. And then I want you to just simply press into your hips and press into your hands. So put your hands on your thighs and try and lengthen up tall. And then notice what happens to your prominence. What happens? Your ribs come towards the midline and they center over your hips pretty automatically. There's a bunch of different ways that you can elongate. Uh, the most simple way is sitting, just because we do that the majority of the day when you're sitting at your desk working, when you're eating your breakfast, lunch, or dinner, um, when you're driving, we spend a lot of time in sitting. So anytime that you are able to think about rooting your hips into the surface that you're sitting on and then trying to lift the bottom of the ribs away from the tops of the hips and then reaching the crown of the head up towards the ceiling. And then the final element of that is actually pressing your tongue to the roof of your mouth. That creates a closed chain. So if we're holding a slinky or a band from one end and we're just pulling with one hand out to the side, you're not really going to get a stretch or a release of the coil tension or the straightening of the coil, you're just going to kind of pull it along the floor or just, you know, whatever surface you have it on. But if you have an anchor on the other side and you pull those areas away from each other, or even if you hold one of those ends still and then pull the other end, you're going to get a lengthening of that coil. And it's actually the same thing with our mouth that acts as the other end of our chain. So we have our feet and our hips rooted down. And then if we're lengthening and elongating away and our mouth is kind of hanging open, we're not getting as much of a benefit as if you're pressing the tongue, your tongue gently to the roof of your mouth. There's a couple of other ways that you can elongate. Um, another way that's really great um, to use for preparation of exercises laying on your back, like core work, um, is when you are laying on your back, your knees are bent, and then you first, you press your hands against your thighs, and you try and wiggle your ribs further away from your hips. And then second, you wrap your hands around your rib cage and you lift your head a little bit and you try and wiggle your ribs further away from the hips. And then finally, you cup the sides of your head with your hands very gently. And then you lengthen the crown of your head away from the shoulders. So that is uh, another way that's really safe and gentle to elongate without creating any muscle spasms. And then there's a series that you can also do at a pull-up bar. So you can, if you have a lot of hypermobility in your body, or if you have a spondylolisthesis or an active muscle spasm, 
or a lot of pain, I suggest doing all elongations at the pull-up bar with your feet on the ground without them dangling. That prevents something called rebound effect. So where your muscles kind of tighten up even more so as a protective mechanism after you've been elongating. Um, if you don't suffer from any of those things, you can let your feet dangle from the pull-up bar and go through the series that way. So there's a whole series that I will link in the show notes for three options. Uh, one is feet on the ground. One is if you have a really tall pull-up bar, kind of like those stall bars uh, that you see people do the shroth work on. And then the third option is if you have a shorter pull-up bar that is hanging from your doorway. Okay, so that is elongation and how it helps to reduce the appearance of your rib prominence. Technique number two is something called rotational angular breathing. For this podcast, I'm going to be calling it RAB because again, saying rotational angular breathing over and over again is probably annoying for you and the mouthful for me. You might be wondering, okay, what is that? This can be a difficult concept for people to understand and implement because it's kind of like a tap your head and rub your belly sort of scenario. It feels like you're doing things that are kind of countering each other and it can be really difficult to put together and implement in your body. Essentially, this is what Kat Katerina Schraff was talking about over a hundred years ago when she saw a partially deflated ball on the playground. And she found it wasn't very different from the shape of her scolio body. She saw that there were areas that were kind of flattened and um, smushed together. And then she saw that other parts of the ball were more open and rounded, just like her rib cage. And she also thought about how as you fill a ball up with more and more air, the flattened regions become more rounded and the ball eventually has a symmetrically rounded shape throughout. This is one of the key facilitation strategies in creating change from the inside out when working with scoliosis. It's not really possible to breathe here and breathe there, but when somebody is in their autocorrections, the air is going to go where it needs to go because the concavities are maximally open and they're not collapsed and smushed together. If you picture in your head the sail of a sailboat, when that sail has fully unraveled and it's nice and taut, the wind, it allows the wind to carry the boat where it needs to go. However, if there's like a really small wrinkle in the sail and it's not fully uh, expanded and unraveled, it's going to begin kind of flapping in the wind and the boat is going to be without direction. It's not going to be able to sail in the direction it needs to go. And this is the same thing when we're talking about RAB. 
If you are collapsed into your curves and you have lots of wrinkles in your trunk, the air is going to be uncontrolled and it's only going to go into the path of least resistance, which is towards your prominence, towards the areas that are already open. And it's going to kind of hit a wall and get stuck when it even attempts to go to where your concavities are. But when you're in your auto corrections, so when you're in a balanced position with the hips, a balanced position with the ribs and the shoulders, it allows the air to go where it needs to go. So you don't have to think about breathing in here and breathing in there. The air is just going to go in that 360 degree direction. It's pretty awesome. So think about that. Um, the other element of RAB is building your breath. And this is um, the kind of, well, when we're doing this kind of breathing, we want to make sure that we are inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the nose. So on your own, again, I want you to notice what happens to your body. So notice what happens to your height when you inhale through your nose and then exhale through your mouth. Okay, so did you notice if that you probably grew a little bit on your inhale and then you shrank a little bit on your exhale? Okay, so now I want you to try that again and you're going to inhale through your nose and exhale through your nose and notice what happens. It was a lot easier, I'm imagining, for you to stay upright and elongated. So that's the idea. That's why we want to inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose, specifically when we're building our breath. Now, the idea of building your breath, let's imagine that you are inflating a ball or a balloon. And every time you blow air into the ball or the balloon, you and you need to take another breath, you either like pinch off the end or you put your finger over the hole of the ball to prevent the air from escaping back out. It's the same idea when you are building your breath with RAB, you're inhaling, you get to the point where you're inhaling at 100% capacity and then you only exhale for a count of four and you're not allowing all of the air to come back out. So you're exhaling for a count of four and then you're pausing and holding and then you're inhaling and expanding even further to 100% capacity. And then you're exhaling just a little bit um, again for a count of four so that you're not allowing those areas to contract back together and you repeat that five times. So you're building and building and building that expansion into all of your collapsed regions. And that's how you achieve a really symmetrical trunk and rib cage from the inside out. It actually can, it's actually possible for that to change and become more symmetrical. And it's pretty amazing. Okay, finally, 
Technique number three is something called traction countertraction. And this exercise strategy, when you watch somebody doing it, it kind of seems like a magic trick. It's like one of those things where you're like, now you see it, now you don't. Um, <laughs> and this is how you do it. So I want you to find where your primary rib prominence is. Mine is on my right side. So I want you to take the same hand as that rib prominence and you're going to place it on top of your shoulder and you have stiff fingers here. You're not just kind of letting the fingers flop over the shoulder. You're being, and you have energy through those fingertips. Okay, they're kind of tented. And then you want to reach that elbow out to the side. Okay, so we're essentially trying to reach that shoulder blade away from midline. And that's opening up an upper curve up at the um, top of the thorax. And then that is actually creating a counter tension or a counter traction for your rib prominence. So I want you to also think about your prominence moving inward into midline and forward, okay? So as you reach that elbow out to the side and you create that muscle engagement and actually will flatten your rib prominence against your body and draw it in towards midline. I have a couple of videos um, of myself doing that from a couple of different angles, from a bird's eye view, and also from a sagittal plane view where you can see that change happening. You can see my rib prominence flattening against my body and drawing towards midline. A lot of times with traditional exercise, what that you might do in a group class in Pilates or yoga, even traditional PT, you're told pretty often, squeeze and pinch those shoulder blades together like you're trying to pinch a pencil in between your shoulder blades and not letting it drop. And that is a completely different concept. And that's not something that you really want to be thinking about doing with scoliosis because it ends up reinforcing the collapse in, the, in that upper concavity. And we want to open that collapse. If you have a more of like a kyphosis, so that's where you have a prominence on both sides of your rib cage, you can use this technique on both sides by placing each hand onto the shoulders and then you're reaching the elbows out away from each other, trying to widen your back. Because with a kyphosis, what happens to the rib cage is you get a flattening at the sides of the rib cage and narrowing at the front of the rib cage. So by reaching the elbows out wide away from each other, and breathing into the front of the sternum, thinking about the sternum coming upward and forward, it essentially draws the rib prominence outward and forward, and it gives you a more symmetrical rib cage all throughout. Um, that change is very apparent. Um, there's a lot of photos 
if you look through the Schroth book, um, there's a lot of photos that demonstrate changes that can happen with the kyphosis and it's just incredible. So I would, and I could elaborate further on all these techniques and I probably will in the future, but I think this gives you a good idea of how to reduce your rib prominence with elongation, rotational angular breathing, and shoulder traction, counter traction. It will help the symmetry of your figure and your appearance, but more, most importantly, it will help with your pain. Um, the more rotation that you have, the more pain you will likely also have, and also the more progression that will happen with your scoliosis. So if we can do anything to help stabilize that, why wouldn't we try? That's it for today. I will catch you next week on Ahead of the Curve, the Scoliosis Experience. Have a great day.